0: This is PhotoBizX episode number 386 and today's main topic is the secret to profitable photography mini sessions and this is with a photographer who is generating more income from her mini sessions than most portrait photographers are making from their full photography sessions I'm talking about Vicky Knights from the UK and that interview is coming up in just a minute Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. It seems to be the season for mini-sessions, and that is the major topic for today's interview. I know you're going to love what Vicky has to share. We're going to get into that in just a minute. Before we do, as far as me and my week is concerned, we, well, I should say we, I shouldn't say we. It's really Linda and our associate photographer, Lisa who have been working on the local sporting team photos, which have been going fantastically well. They're a great source of income for us through the quieter periods. This year, they've been pushed right to the end of the season. Actually, the season's mostly finished, but the soccer club in question was more than happy to go ahead, as were the parents from most of the teams, because they really wanted a record of their, their child in the soccer team for the season. So yeah, it's been really good for us. And the reason I do bring this up is because one of the things I, I hear from photographers, particularly since we've released the Photography Pricing Masterclass with Joel Dunn, is how so many photographers, and this might be you, struggle to see their value. Well, I guess they struggle to believe that they are worth what they're charging once they raise their prices. It gets uncomfortable. One of the things I noticed, and and, and you you really need to do this if you want to see or understand and believe just how skilled you are, just how much you know. Because like I mentioned, we have associate photographer Lisa who's joined us for the sporting team photos that we're currently doing. Now, Lisa has never done any of this kind of work. She is a super skilled photographer, amazing wedding photographer, been in business for a long time, very successful. But when it comes to photographing with studio lights, coordinating teams and individuals for the kind of shots that we need to be doing in this, I guess, this process line type photography, where you can absolutely get the best photos in the the shortest amount of times for the clients and the teams just to, to get everything flowing and to make it make it viable. Now like I said Lisa understands photography understands light like she is a skilled photographer but still coming into a new situation like this it makes you realize or made me realize and reinforces the fact that you know what we do takes a lot of skill takes a lot of knowledge and so many of the things that we do, we take for granted. And you really do notice that when you stand side by side with another photographer, whether they're skilled or up and coming, once you start to break things down on how you'd like them to be done, how you do them, what works best, like it's incredible how much you know and take for granted. So I guess my my point is, if you are struggling to see your value, to understand your value, take another photographer under your wing for a day a weekend, on a single session, and teach them something. Teach them something that you know that they don't. And you will be amazed at how many extra little things go into whatever you're looking to photograph if it's new to the other photographer. And my thinking is it will change your perception of just just how much knowledge you have around the type of photography you do. And you really are worth what you're charging. Once you put your prices up, <laughs> that is. Don't be afraid to put your prices up because you probably deserve more than what you're charging once you do put your prices up. And now, a macro look at our last
1: episode.
0: If you haven't had a chance to tune into last week's interview with Craig Turner Bullock, he is a an incredibly talented dog photographer based in New Zealand. You need to get back and have a listen to that one. The feedback has been... Fantastic, like it really has, and I don't know if it was the line of questioning or Craig's answers, but we we seem to go so deep in that interview with Craig and uh, really get into the, the nitty- gritty the nuts and bolts of how he's generating the incredible sales that he is because his prices start from memory I think it was two and a half or three thousand dollars he doesn't live in a super affluent area he's not attracting you know rich clients they are simply pet owners who love their pets, who see the value in what Craig can produce for them, and they love the experience that he delivers. Honestly, if you're struggling to get great sales and generate fantastic profits with your pet or portrait photography, get back and have a listen to Craig's interview from last week. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmitz, photobizx.com. Oh, and don't forget, if you do love what you hear from Craig, he does have a couple of courses available. One is the Sparkle Editing course, and he also has a fantastic course on finding your style. And there is a promo code that will get you 20% off both those courses, which is PBX2020. That's available to the end of the year, PBX2020 to save 20% on either of Craig's courses. And if you are a premium member, you should have received details on how you can get an extra 20% off. So you get 40% off those courses as a premium member through the the rebate scheme that I've set up for you. And you can learn more about those courses at photobizx.com forward slash sparkle editing. That's all one word, sparkle editing, or photobizx.com forward slash find your style, all one word, photobizx.com forward slash find your style. Okay, we're going to jump into this interview in just a second with Vicky Knights. Like I said earlier, the main focus, particularly for premium members, is generating these fantastic profits from mini-sessions. Now, if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. That means you will not be hearing the full interview today with Vicky because I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. If you are loving what you're hearing in the first half and you'd love to hear the rest of the interview today, you can do that for as little as $1 if you head over to photobizx.com forward slash try, sign up there for $1, which will get you a 30-day trial membership. You can hear the full interview today with Vicky Knights and you will be blown away. You'll hear what she shares and you'll wonder, why, oh why haven't I been a member <laughs> for a lot longer? if this is the kind of information that I'm missing out on every single week. And that's, that's what's happening. If you're listening to the free version of the podcast, you are, li- you are literally missing out on the best parts from every single interview guest. photobizx.com forward slash try if you want to check out what you are missing for as little as $1. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest left a successful high-level advertising sales job to start her photography business when she became a mum. She's now been in business for well over 10 years and she's photographed over 500 families. Her other specialty is headshot and branding photography for local big-hearted entrepreneurs who want to stand out from the crowd. She's touted as one of the UK's leading family and personal branding photographers and photography teacher to parents She's also the founder of the Delight Retreat for Family Photographers. And in addition to all that, she's the co-host of the photography podcast Shoot, Edit, Chat, Repeat. Based in the UK with her husband and two boys, I'm talking about Vicky Knights and I'm rapt to have her with us now. Vicky, welcome.
1: Oh, thank you. What a lovely intro. Thanks, Andrew. It's great to be here. (laughs) It's my pleasure.
0: Hey, let's jump straight into it. I mentioned that you shoot or you photograph families and also branding and headshot photography. Which one would scare you the most if I was to take one
1: away? Oh, goodness. Wow, you've started <laughs> with the big questions, Andrew, <laughs> haven't you? Oh, my goodness. Do you know what? So when I started my business back in 2008, it was families. That was my passion. I had my baby at the time and still do feel so passionately about it because my boys are now 10 and 12. But the way, you know, with my lifestyle now, so with my boys both being at school and kind of wanting to get my weekends back, that's why I've sort of transitioned to headshots and branding. Although I have been doing that since about 2011, but I've definitely upped the ante in in that field as well. But I love both. I absolutely adore both. So if you took families away, I'd be devastated because although I kind of find it harder work, the shoot, because obviously you've got kids running around, whereas a personal branding session is just amazing because the female in front of you will just take direction, which is incredible. Um, but I love both because I love working with women and, you know, I get really excited about a branding shoot and everything we can do and the clothes and the locations. But then with families, it's the connection. That's what drives me is the connection and the joy that you get from that. So oh, I can't, can I not answer it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. I thought you were going to take one away from me then.
0: <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> So are you more well known for your family photography, do you feel?
1: I would say up until about two years ago, without a shadow of a doubt, and it's literally been the last two years that I've started doing a lot more personal branding work. So I always I always like to have, you know, I think it's important to niche, but I also think we need to diversify a bit in our businesses, especially bearing in mind what 2020 has brought us as well. So I was running, what I was very well known for is my family photography. I'm running photography workshops for parents. So I've got a whole website about that. And I used to put out a lot of content about how to photograph your own children. And then I stopped running those workshops beginning of last year. Maybe I saw it was coming this year. I don't know. <laughs> I stopped running them and took it all online. So now I have an evergreen online workshop for parents. So I don't do so much in that. And what's taken the place of that is my branding work.
0: Got it. Okay. I'm going to dive into or have you dive into that side of the business in just a minute. So, really. You're focusing on both equally. And one of the things that I know photographers always love to debate about is whether to have both genres sitting on the same website. What are your thoughts on that and what are you doing?
1: Yeah, that's a question I think everyone gets asked all the time. And I see this come up in Facebook groups all the time. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer because there are pros and cons to both. So for example, if you've got two websites, I think you get some great SEO juice from linking to both. But for me, my SEO is really good, probably because I've been in business for 12 years I've blogged for about 11 years so my SEO juice is brilliant so for me when I launched a personal branding page that was straight away top of google if you typed in sort of london or surrey personal branding photographer that wouldn't have happened for me if I'd have started a brand new website so i think it depends on how strong your current website is and don't get me wrong you know we all love to have a brand new website and the thought of a shiny new website just on personal branding and headshots is lovely But there's ways around it so that my personal branding clients can come to my website and think that that's all I do. So I use Instagram a lot for my personal branding work and the link on there just takes them to a page that looks like it might be my homepage. And a lot of my personal branding clients say, oh, I didn't know you did families as well, even though that's all on my website. So there's ways around it, I think. So personally, my answer would be keep it all on one.
0: Right, okay. So do any clients, or have you ever had the feeling that some clients... Feel like it's a bit of a deterrent, the fact that you don't only do personal branding?
1: No. And actually, I've had, no, I don't think it is at all because actually, I would say 90% of my personal branding clients are mums themselves. I have a lot of crossover between the two. So, actually, what's really nice is I'll have a family client and they're suddenly, you know, we start talking. I realize they run their own business. I'll say, oh, do you know I do personal branding photography? And then I get to work with them in both areas and vice versa. Exactly the same thing happens. So during a shoot, I'll mention that I do family photographer if they've got kids. And then they join my mini session mailing list. And then they end up having a mini session at a later date with me. So there's a really nice crossover. I have, funnily enough, had had um, personal branding clients when I've been on the shoot. And they've said, the reason I was attracted to you... Is because this is all you do. And I'm like, oh, I do do families as well. But it's because they're looking at my Instagram page and they're seeing all of my personal branding work. So I have two separate Instagram accounts. So they're seeing just that I do, they think that I just do the personal branding work. So yeah, there are clever ways around it. And I would never try and hide from someone that I do the family stuff. But I think when you're targeting that personal branding client, you need to show them that's what you're offering. Don't go and show them everything.
0: Right, But it sounds to me, and I know you're big on attracting you know, your dream client. It sounds to me like a lot of the time it's the same client anyway.
1: It is, yeah. But you need to be talking to her in the headspace that she's in at that time. So if she's looking for a personal branding photographer, you need to be talking to her about that.
0: Got it, got it. Now, you said that one of the reasons you took the personal branding side of your business onto your existing family photography website was for SEO and how well you're ranking. Yeah. Why didn't you do the same thing with your photography teaching site for parents?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So I I took both of those separate in about 2012, I think. And I was at the time creating so much content for my workshops, like how to photograph your children in the autumn, how to take a back to school photo, that it was kind of I was posting more of that than I was of my family work. So if someone looking to book a photographer went to my website, all they were going to get was blog posts about how to photograph their own children. And it might sort of take them into a bit of a rabbit hole and they'd forget that they wanted to book a shoot with me anyway. And also at the time, my web designer did say that that was a good idea because I can link to one to the other. And she said from a SEO perspective, that would work. But now I've done both. Personally, I think keeping them on one website. Websites are so sophisticated now. There's ways of doing it where you can keep things separately within one website, but also it's cheaper as well because you're not paying two lots of hosting, for example.
0: Yeah. I agree. And just maintaining two websites is a nightmare. I know. And I know, as you do. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. I've got more than two. It's just a nightmare. Yeah, it's really difficult. And, you know, blogging is hard enough anyway, let alone when you're trying to maintain two or three blogs. So, yeah, I think if I knew what I knew now, I would have kept it all on one website.
0: Right. OK, so that leads me to my next question, and you sort of threw, threw a bit of a spanner in the works when you said that you Oh st- no. <laughs> well, only because you said you stopped doing the courses for the parents, but then you took it online, because I was thinking and correct me if I'm wrong here, that that would have been one of the major lead generation sources for your family photography business. Is that the case?
1: I wouldn't say it was definitely one of the main, I wouldn't say it was the main, but yes, it was fantastic for leading people through to my family photography work. And I remember when I started those, I started the workshops back in, I think it was about 2011, and lots of photographers said to me, what are you doing? Like, why would you teach your clients to take great photos? You're going to put yourself out of business. Lots of my friends that were saying the same thing, but actually it did the complete opposite because What happened is not only did they realize this is really difficult to take nice photos, but they then realized they're not in any of the photos themselves. And during the workshop, I was able, right at the end, you know, I said, bit of a shameless plug. But I said, do you know what? My biggest regret when my boys were young is I look back at the photos and I'm not in any of them. And they're going to want to see, I hope, photos of me with them when they're older. So now I make sure that I do book a shoot at least every two years. But I said, you know, and then that's when I just, right at the end, I just pitched my mini sessions and said, look, if you want a cost effective way to get some gorgeous photos of you and your family, I do these mini sessions. So actually, lots and lots, I would say at least a third of the people that came on my workshop would end up booking a family mini session with me. And they're still with me now. So, so those people, because I think they get such a bond with you on a workshop as well. because you spent a whole morning with them and you're teaching them something which is invaluable So um, yes, you're right. That was a big lead generation for me.
0: So does it continue to be a great lead generation source now that it's all online?
1: Not as much. So obviously when I was running, I mean, at the beginning I was running like 10 workshops a year and I'd have say eight to 10 parents on every one. So you can imagine that that's, you know, I'm saying 30% of them would come back to me for a shoot. So that's quite a lot each year. But for example, right at the beginning of lockdown this year, I did a very special offer on my online course that it's 70% off because I wanted to help people be able to take lovely photos while they're at home and couldn't book a shoot. And two of those at least have come back and booked a mini session for this autumn. So, and that was, I literally, I didn't really promote that. I just did a post on Facebook and I've had two bookings out of that saying I've done your course and I'm, obviously they don't. a lot of them weren't local, so they have to be local to me as well. And now they've booked a mini session for the autumn. So, yeah, it definitely works, but I would say the workshops worked better for lead generation.
0: Right, okay. So how much does this course cost, the online course, the photography for busy parents?
1: It's £100, so it was 70% off during the pandemic.
0: Right, super cheap. Okay, fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really cheap.
0: So the idea for this particular course, this online course, is is it an income generator? Is it the reason for it?
1: The main reason I did it at the time was because I could see myself not wanting to run so many workshops because I'd been running, if you think about it, the same content over and over again for about nine years. And you can imagine you don't feel as passionate about it as you did right at the beginning. Also, things change so much. So back in 2011, I used to go, so who's Nikon, who's Canon? And now, you know, you could have like six different makes of camera in there. So we'd spend so long on the technical part of it that the part that I loved, which is all about light and composition and getting the right expressions, we couldn't spend as long on that. So that's why I turned it into an online course. I've forgotten your question, Andrew. Did you say, (laughs) what
0: was the question? Well, because it's a standalone course, it's not producing a ton of leads. Like It must generate some income, otherwise you wouldn't do it.
1: Oh yes, that was it. Yeah. So it's, it's passive income. I literally don't, I could promote it a lot more, but because it's about five years old now, so I don't promote like things like that like the beginning of lockdown and sometimes I do a Christmas offer so I do offers throughout the year but I do also I have a funnel for it so I have a lead magnet and so I do see you know each month I see people buying it but it's not a big part of my business
0: right okay so if that's only one small part of how you attract your dream clients what's the major way how are your dream clients finding you
1: well, I think, I mean, thing is so many people when they think about marketing, they're just like, so what should I do? Is it Facebook ads? Do I need to be on Instagram? And actually you need to back up somewhat because a lot of people just, it's just all about the final piece in the puzzle rather than thinking, actually, what am I doing to attract them? So, I mean, we could talk for hours about this, but it's about knowing your brand and your why and communicating that rather than just thinking, I'm just going to put a Facebook ad out. So quite often people will say, how do you sell out your mini sessions all the time? And it's, they're hoping there's going to be a silver bullet and I'm going to go, do you know what, it's this Facebook ad strategy? Here you go. And it's just not that simple. This is from years of me honing my brand and the way that I communicate with my clients. So one of the things I talk about, and you, you just um, read it out in the beginning about the big hearted thing, but I always talk about big hearted marketing. So the reason I have clients that stick with me and come back year after year is because I market to them in a big hearted way. So it may be that the first time they've come to me, they've done a workshop with me and I've helped them. You know, I've I've helped them take these amazing photos of their children. So it's the law of reciprocity, isn't it? So if you've helped someone, they want to do something back. So. You'll see, like on my Facebook page or Instagram, I'm not constantly selling. In fact, I never sell my mini sessions or anything on social media. I'm always, you know, I might be sharing sessions, but I'm also trying to help. So whether it's something entertaining, whether it's something like how to take better photos of your kids on their first day at school, or just being compassionate in the way that you're marketing. So at the beginning of lockdown, you know, I still saw some people were were still kind of going out there with big sales messages, and I thought, whoa, you know, you need to be compassionate. Think about how other people are feeling. So, I think it all comes back to that, just making people feel needed and wanted, and then think about how you're going to actually put that message out there.
0: But with all that being said, and I agree with everything you've just shared, don't you still need to have some kind of a pitch where you have a call to action, you have a hook, you have an incentive for people to actually pick up the phone or send that email to make an
1: inquiry? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, most of my inquiries come through Google and word of mouth. That's my two main. Lead generation. Now, obviously, you know, if I just went on word of mouth and my SEO literally fell into an abyss, then I would still have a really thriving business because I've been in business for twelve years, so I have a really loyal client base there. But I think one of the best ways, um, so the way that I sell my mini sessions and everything is is via emails. So, so many people miss that off of their marketing plan. Is they're like, right, I need to be on Instagram. I need to learn how to do reels. I need to be getting my Facebook ad strategy up and running. But actually, having a really compelling lead magnet so that you're helping people, something really useful, and again it goes back to that law of reciprocity, where if you've helped someone, and maybe it's a, a guide about what to wear for your family session, so you're not saying book me, book me. It's like you might book with someone else, but this is going to help you anyway. Then they're going to think about you and think that was really useful. Actually, I'm going to book Vicky for my family shoot because that really helped me out. So that's one of the the best ways I think of marketing to people is through a lead magnet. I hate the term lead magnet because it <laughs> makes it sound like you're trying to, but that's the go-to term it seems in the industry.
0: Is, and you're big on that, aren't you? So on your website, I mean, you have a an opt-in form pretty much on every page, either in the footer or a yeah. specific page for a lead magnet.
1: Yeah. And I have about, oh my goodness, about seven different emailing lists <laughs> for different parts of my business because I'm also, you know, like I said, you need to be talking to them about what they're interested in. So I'd have some clients that are probably on about three different lists because I have some clients that are photographers. So they've come to me for a personal branding shoot. They've had a family mini session and they've had training with me for their photography business. So I have three different mailing lists for that. But it does mean that I'm not targeting people with the wrong messages. I don't want to be targeting a personal branding photographer who hasn't got children and keep bombarding her with family mini sessions because that's not right. So it's about segmenting that and making sure that you're targeting them with the right message.
0: Got it, got it. So what email software are you using to manage all that?
1: Do you know what? Whenever I say it to people, they're like, what? I use Aweber? Have you heard of them?
0: Yeah, that's what I started with.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, exactly. This is the thing, because I set up my first mailing list back in, I don't know, 2009. And so I've now got yeah, thousands of subscribers on there. And I keep thinking, maybe I'll move. But actually, AWeb would do a good job for me and the emails actually get delivered. And whenever I've looked into some of the other um, software, I know that sometimes they struggle with, uh, you know, how many they actually deliver and how many go to junk. So yeah, there's probably better ones out there that I would recommend for someone just starting out. But yeah, I've been with them for over a decade. So I've stuck with them.
0: Okay, got it. So just for the listener, and just so we're all on the same page here, AWeb is great, but you must have the optional unless it's changed since I left, but you must have the optional add-on or plug-in so you can add tags and things like that because that's not with the basic plan.
1: Yeah, I pay quite a lot. I pay something like, yeah, it's, it's at least £50 pounds a month or so I'm paying.
0: So around 100 Aussie dollars a month. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's not cheap.
0: <laughs> so for the listener that's getting into email and, and email marketing and you know, and responding and tagging, there's things like MailerLite or ConvertKit or even... Uh, yes.
1: I've heard really good things about Mailerlite.
0: Yes, me too. That's probably the most popular one for photographers at the moment.
1: We do also use Mailchimp for our podcast, so I'm really familiar with that as well.
0: Cool. Okay, and I think that they've changed their pricing recently too. So they have. it's up to really up to the listener to look into what's going to be the best for them. Yeah, but Mailerlite is probably a great place to start. Now, one thing that keeps surprising me, Vicky, is that you keep bringing up mini sessions. Now, for me, when I've done so many interviews with portrait photographers. The aim, well, mini session is almost like a swear word, isn't it? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) people want to get clients in for full sessions, not mini sessions. Why are you so passionate about them?
1: Do you know what? I'm the opposite way around. And it is so funny. You're so right. It is like a swear word. People almost kind of spit, you know, when you say it. (laughs) Um, And, but I see it in a completely different way. And I think some people when they, and I have to sort of keep my blinkers on here. I try not to look too much in the industry because when I see people, selling mini sessions for sort of 20 pounds. And, you know, I just have to think, no, forget it. They're targeting a different market to you. So I will actually try and push people into my mini sessions rather than a full session often because I only want to work a certain amount of weekends a year. So I only have a certain availability for family sessions. Most of the families that come to me tend to have school age children. So I I get some newborn shoots, but not a huge amount. So they generally all want weekends or school holidays, which is obviously when I want to be with my family. So with mini sessions, the great thing for me is I can shoot five sessions, five mini sessions with families in a morning. I can be back home with a coffee by half 11. And it means that I'm not having to turn away business. So I'm like, sorry, I haven't got any availability for the rest of the year, but I have got one slot left on my mini sessions. I think the thing that people do wrong with mini sessions is they start doing them for the wrong reasons. So a lot of photographers that I've trained in the past have said, I'm not getting any bookings. So I think maybe I'm too expensive. So I'm going to try some mini sessions and see if it was the price point that was the issue. Then they don't sell the mini sessions. And then that's so demoralizing because they're like, I couldn't even sell a mini session for 50 quid. What is wrong? And I started my mini sessions because my diary was blocked out and I couldn't find a way to fit these families in. I was having to refer them to other photographers, which is always heartbreaking. So I decided to try and fit in as many as I could in a morning. The other reason I did it is it was, again, it was about 2011. I just had my second baby the year before. And so there's a big shift in my business. So I put my prices up considerably and I knew I was going to lose a lot of my clients. So the way to keep them was to say, look, I know you were used to spending, say, 400 pounds on a full session with me. Now you're going to be paying a lot more than that for a full session, but I can do a mini session with you where you're going to be paying a similar amount and you're going to get some beautiful photos. I work really quickly as well. So my clients know that in a 25-minute session, they're going to get exactly what they need. And I I love the adrenaline of that. I love the challenge of having to work really quickly, which I know some photographers hate.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I could cope with your mornings the way you've just described them.
1: (laughs) Do you know what? I have to have a proper lie down when I get normally exhausted. And the biggest challenge for me is remembering everyone's names. So normally you get to the fifth session and I do them back to back. I mean, I don't have a break in between. And then a lot of people, when they think about mini sessions, are thinking in a studio, five, 10 minutes, these are kind of like mini family sessions. So within 25 minutes I do a bit of everything. We you know we're doing one location but I'm probably doing about five different backgrounds, you know, five different types of light, different combinations. I literally squeeze it all in because I'm trying to sell as much as possible at the end of it. So by the fifth session, even though I've looked at their names quickly, I'm thinking, oh my, all the names are kind of jumbled in my head. That's the thing I struggle with the most. So by then I'm like, mum, if you can sit there, dad, if you can sit there.
0: (laughs) I mix up a bride and groom's name and it's only a single engagement session. (laughs) (laughs) So these are 25-minute sessions. Are you strict on the timing?
1: Yes, I have to be because I allow my timings of 40 minutes in between each shoot, but obviously I've got to walk and find them. I normally have an assistant working with me. I haven't actually since lockdown happened just because it's one extra person, but normally always I have an assistant so that she goes and collects the family from the car park or wherever and walks them over. And that just gives me that five minute break just to compose myself, look at the sheet, look at their names, look at their questionnaire and get it completely with that family. I don't like walking with one family and greeting the other because then you're thinking, oh my goodness, I can't remember what the little girl's called and what (laughs) she's into. So just that five minutes in between really makes a difference. But yeah, 25 minutes and I'm really strict. And I send them like a school mom email before saying, if you're late, that will eat into your session time. So if they are 10 minutes late, I'm like, okay, we've got 15 minutes, but let's do what we can. But Generally, then I think, you know, I've run hundreds of these now. I think I've only ever had two families late because I sent that email beforehand.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And look, you mentioned there that, you know, when you started doing mini sessions, it was because you were so busy, the calendar was full. Yeah. Did you try or trial using associate photographers at that time?
1: Yes, I have actually had two associate photographers before. So I had those, oh, when was it, about four years ago? I mean, they still do work for me, but on a very sporadic basis now. I try, I think now I've got my business to a perfect balance where I get just about the right amount of business. I probably have them shoot about one or two sessions a year for me. But yes, that actually worked well. But how I did it was they did the shoot and then I did everything else. So I did the whole sales process afterwards with the client. And if I'm totally honest, I prefer to do the shoot, you know, I prefer selling my own images. And actually, although it was great because I could send them off, they'd be shooting at a weekend and I'd be with my family, fantastic, or I could be doing a shoot there doing another one. It was still very time consuming because I'm still doing a whole sales process with them afterwards. So now how it tends to work is I still refer on quite a bit of business, but I tend to do it on a they just send me a commission for sending the client that way. And then I'm literally like, right, they're yours. But we all know that's the thing is when you send a client on, that can be years worth of business and the whole network that's associated with that one client. So it's you have to balance it all out really. I have to just look at my diary and see whether I can deal with it.
0: Got it, got it. I want to come back to the commission in a second, but if you were, let's say, in a different style of business where you weren't doing so much and you didn't have the personal branding, you didn't have the podcast, you, know, you weren't so busy with your kids, would that be a good way to grow the business like with associate photographers or you just don't think it, it would work?
1: No, I think, and I think what I found really difficult actually is trying to find any help. With, like I was looking for a mentor to try and mentor me about running a business with associates. I thought this could work really well. I just couldn't find anyone that was doing it. I'm sure there are. I'm sure in the States and maybe in Australia there are. I know of maybe one photographer, I think, in the UK. Again, I'm sure that there's probably more in the wedding photography sector, but in family photography, I just couldn't find anyone to offer the advice. I think it could be. I mean, the thing is, where I am in my life at the moment, because I've got two young children. I don't want to grow my business so much that I've got 10 associate photographers working for me. Maybe in 10 years' time, that might be what I want to do, but it just wasn't where I wanted to take my business at the time.
0: Right, got it. And looking at today, are you still shooting or photographing as many full sessions? Is that what you call them, like regular sessions?
1: Families. Yeah, well, what I'm aiming to do is do less of the full family sessions. I do around 10 to 15 a year. So I only shoot about eight months of the year, families this is, because you probably know it gets really (laughs) cold in England. Um, So I do not shoot December, Jan and Feb. I also take off the whole of August to be with my children as well. So I'm only shooting eight months of the year. And in that time, yeah, between 10 and 15 sessions, I mean, back, you know, sort of five years ago or so, I was shooting a lot more. Especially when my boys weren't at school, I was shooting pretty much every single weekend, which I just don't want to do anymore. So yeah, I would, so my family, all of my family work, including my mini sessions is about two thirds of my business. And then headshots and branding is about a third of my business at the moment.
0: Right, got it. Well, I've got so many questions that I want to throw at you, Vicky, and I'm conscious of the kind of questions I throw at you. So what we're going to do, we're going to leave the free listeners here. We're going to jump into the premium members only segment of the podcast so I can get into the nitty gritty of a bit more and stop holding back. Is that okay?
1: (laughs) Yeah, of course. Hi, premium members. Welcome.
0: (laughs) These are the fancy ones, aren't they? They are the fancy ones. So I guess first up...
1: Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography
0: business strategies from every guest. I've loved everything you've shared, Vicky, and I did just did allude to the fact that you do help other photographers. So is it one-on-one coaching? Like, do you help people set up mini sessions? What do you help them with?
1: Yeah, I do do one-on-one coaching, but actually what I did, my lockdown project was um, I've always run retreats for photographers and workshops. It's called the Delight Retreat. And I was meant to be running one during lockdown, obviously had to move it. So I spent lockdown putting all of that online. So I didn't just want it to be a sort of evergreen workshop that people just took online and then ran off. It's a six-week program. So I put the whole of the, everything we used to go through in the three-day retreat and it turned it into a six-week program for family photographers. So we talk through all of this stuff. And there's literally like a week on branding, week on marketing. Week on shooting, you know, we have different weeks on everything. And I did the beta run through during lockdown with 10 photographers and it was brilliant. I was nervous about how it would work, not having that face to face contact, but we had a zoom call every single week as a group. And it was fantastic. It really made lockdown so much better for me. So I'm (laughs) launching that again in January. So I'm only going to do it, I think once a year because I want to do it at a time when I, I'm, you know, I'm a busy photographer myself. So I don't want to do it when I'm busy shooting. I want to give my all to them. So I'm going to run it again for six weeks in January.
0: And is this under the training tab on your Knights.co.uk website?
1: Yes, that's right. So Knights.co.uk forward slash photographers. You can find it all there.
0: Great. Okay, fantastic. Now I'm actually on that page at the moment. Is this only for women?
1: Which part are you talking about? Because I've got my retreat and I've got my delight, delight and dream. Definitely not. The online course is open to everyone. The visibility retreat that I do, I do market that to females because we're all staying in a big house together. So that, I more from a marketing perspective, I do market towards females. But everything else is for everyone. It's like with the podcast that we do. Um, a lot of people said, oh, great, a female photography podcast. And we were like, no, we may be female, but we welcome men into, into our arena as well. So we're very much... I think to be a feminist, you've got to invite men to the table as well. There's no point doing something exclusive, I feel.
0: Yeah, I like that. All right, I'm going to add links to all those in the show notes to your podcast, to your training, to your online training. Again, Vicky, it's been absolutely fantastic to talk to you. I I love what you're doing with your business and managing your lifestyle as well and creating a great life for you and your family. So, look, thank you so much for coming on and sharing what you have.
1: Yeah, thank you for everything you do, Andrew. I love your podcast, so thank you for what you do for the industry.
0: I hope you enjoyed that interview with Vicky as much as I did. Vicky, if you're listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, sharing everything you did. I love your business model. I love the way you are generating so much income from mini sessions. I I honestly didn't think it would be possible to do what you're doing. And uh, yeah, the way you laid it all out is uh, just incredible. So again, thank you so much. For you, the listener, I hope you did get a ton from what Vicky had to share I have got links to anything and everything that she mentioned. Plus, I've got examples of her beautiful work all in the show notes. You can find them this week at photobizx.com forward slash 386. Now, at the very bottom of the show notes, there's a comments area. So if you do have any feedback or comments or questions for Vicky, you can hit her up there. And of course, if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Vicky into the members' Facebook group. So we'll have easy access to her there if you do have any follow-up questions. Now, there was one quick thing I need to share with you if you are a premium member. So if you're a free listener, you need to block your ears right now, tune out, because this is for premium members only. It probably won't make sense to you otherwise. But Vicky sent me an email right after we finished recording, and she said, I'm going to read this, Uh, I was kicking myself afterwards about the part when we were chatting about my prices for digital images after my mini-sessions, and you mentioned that you were surprised that I don't have a set fee for all the digitals. I realized I should have pointed out that I absolutely do have a set fee for all of the digitals for my custom sessions. It's £850, that's British pounds or UK pounds, for all of the digitals on top of the £300 session fee, and that includes around 50 images. For my mini sessions, I send them my full price list so they can see this. Then I give them a special price for all of the extra digitals, usually around 30, that is impossible to say no to. They can then see it's a big discount off my usual price of £850 for 50 images. Wish I'd explained that properly in the episode, but happy to explain this In your Facebook group if anyone wants me to. Okay, so that's for for you, for premium members, just to tie all that in together and to make total sense of exactly what Vicky's doing in regards to her pricing. But again, if you are unclear about any of that, I do have this written down in the show notes for you if you're a premium member. But if you do have any follow-up questions for Vicky, hit her up inside the members Facebook group and I know that she'll be more than happy to come back and answer those questions. Just one quick announcement before we close out today's episode. I just want to remind you that the next daily vlog challenge is kicking off on Monday, November 2nd. So that's just around the corner. Get registered for that if you want to introduce video into your marketing, your advertising, your client communication. I can promise you it will absolutely change the way you do business connect with your client, build more rapport more quickly than you ever have and make a stronger connection with prospective clients faster than you ever have before. Like it really will change the way you are doing business. It's a 3-week course. It's only $47. 47 US dollars. Like it is it is an absolute bargain because <laughs> you will get so much feedback over that 3 weeks. I'll be in the group every single day giving you individual personal feedback on your video uploads. You need to put aside around 15 to 20 minutes a day and that's to consume the, the course content, the challenge content to record your video and upload it into the group. It's 100% private groups so and no one else will see your videos. It doesn't matter how raw and natural they are and I can, I can absolutely again promise you that you will see massive improvement over that three-week period. You'll grow together with the other members in the group and you will not hesitate when it comes to recording video email replies, video testimonials, creating Facebook content, Instagram content, Facebook ads, all utilizing video. Like it will change it will change the way you think about video. It all just becomes so so easy. Dailyvlogchallenge.com is where you go to sign up. Dailyvlogchallenge.com. The early bird pricing is available right now, which is that $47. Jump on that. And I'd love to see you in the next challenge on November 2nd. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. As you hear this interview, or as you hear this episode, as it's released, I'll be down at Jindabyne, which is our Australian snowy mountains. (laughs) And the idea was to head down there for a week of cycling with a bunch of mates, girls and guys from the local cycling club here. And we were going to be doing a whole lot of hill climbing and, uh, yeah, basically a week of cycling and probably a bit of drinking as well and eating. And we left it till this time of year because we thought, you know, the weather will be starting to warm up. It'll be looking good. And wouldn't you know it, it's going to be bloody freezing. The temperatures are forecast to be between 3 degrees Celsius and 10 degrees Celsius, rain and wind with possible snow showers. (laughs) So uh, it sounds like it's going to be absolutely horrible but i've been told that the worst day on the bike is better than any day at work <laughs> so i'll be able to confirm that with you next week Look, hope you enjoyed this episode looking forward to talking to you next week have a fantastic week yourself stay warm and dry stay safe and healthy and i'll talk to you soon bye for now
1: enjoyed this episode head to photobizx.com
0: join the conversation leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with andrew and today's special guest